Christ our Savior was born upon this day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Hey guys, welcome back to the Blue Deck Podcast. This is our very first Christmas special for those of you joining us for the first time. An especially warm welcome to you and Merry Christmas, one and all. This show is being published as a standalone episode and as a part of our regular ongoing series, the Blue Deck Podcast, where we're going through my novel, Into the Attic of the World, one chapter at a time. Well, I guess it's a good time to introduce myself. I am your host, Joseph Mazrak. Today, we're going to have a quick discussion about the real St. Nicholas. That's right, Santa Claus, St. Nick, Father Christmas, Santa Claus, whatever you call him, the legend started a surprisingly long time ago with a real person called St. Nicholas. Before we get into that, spoiler alert, in this show, we'll be talking about the history of our modern Christmas traditions, so... Listener discretion is advised. Parents, use your best judgment. Personally, I think it's important to know the story of St. Nicholas. And in my humble opinion, his story has a special kind of magic that's at least as powerful as what kids normally believe about Santa Claus. More on that later. The bulk of this show is based on an article Yes, America, there is a Santa Claus, written by Pamela J. Adams. If you want to know more about Pamela or her articles, check out her website, thefactspaper.com. A link will be in the show notes. She also has letters about St. Patrick, St. Valentine, and many more. The one on St. Valentine's is particularly interesting. Let's just say... What's he have to do with Valentine's Day candy hearts and affectionate greeting cards? Um, not much. So definitely worth checking out if you want the inside scoop. With that out of the way, let's get to it. Let's talk about Santa. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy, oh tidings of comfort and joy. The Real St. Nicholas Nicholas was born to a wealthy couple less than 300 years after the resurrection of Christ. That's about 1,700 years ago. He lived in the ancient city of Patara, located in modern-day Turkey. However, young Nicholas was orphaned when an epidemic took his parents, and afterward, his uncle, the bishop of Patara, raised him in the church. Later, when Nicholas was a teenager, he traveled to the Holy Land, experiencing where Jesus lived, died, and rose again affected him greatly. Then, returning home by sea, a violent storm arose, jeopardizing the ship and all the passengers, but Nicholas prayed for protection, and the sea calmed. 
The ship and all aboard were spared, and as a result, when Nicholas was sainted, he became the patron saint of sailors and voyagers. That could be the end of his story, certainly it's enough, but when we think of him today, we remember to call him saint, but most of us have forgotten the reason why, instead of thinking of ships and dangerous waters, our minds go to stockings and presents. So, how did this happen, and why? Well, as Nicholas grew into adulthood, he felt called by God to the ministry, and just as his uncle was the Bishop of Patara, he rose to bishop in a city called Myra, and that's also in modern-day Turkey. In those days, the Roman emperor Diocletian was persecuting followers of Christ. In 303 AD, he ordered all Christians be captured and tortured before throwing them in jail. Because of this, Nicholas soon found himself in prison for his beliefs. Despite several beatings, his faith never faltered. In addition, he even defended other prisoners unjustly charged, strengthening his legacy of humanity and justice. Relief finally came when Emperor Constantine assumed power in 306 AD. Constantine was the first Roman emperor to accept the spread of Christianity. After taking power, he ordered the release of all Christian prisoners, including Nicholas, who returned to Myra. Nicholas, as an only son, had inherited his parents' wealth. An ardent follower of Christ, he used his money to buy gifts, food, and other items for the poor and needy. The most famous story of Nicholas's compassion involved a poor widower and his three daughters. Now, for those of you who don't know, a widower is a man whose wife has passed away. The widower could not afford a proper dowry for even one of his girls. At that time, unwed young females often became slaves. Nicholas secretly gave the man money for each daughter. Some say he tossed a bag of gold through a window, while others believe he dropped it down a chimney. Regardless, the bag landed in a stocking that was hanging from the mantel. The father of the girls eventually learned Nicholas gave the anonymous dowries, and when he thanked him, Nicholas simply replied, Don't thank me, thank God alone. Nicholas died on December 6, 343 A.D. He was sainted, and his feast day, December 6, became known as St. Nicholas Day. In the 5th century, nuns continued his tradition of anonymously helping the poor, in remembrance of him during his night, they left food and clothes at the homes of the needy. The predominance of saints sharply decreased after the Reformation. Nevertheless, St. Nicholas's legend continued to grow, taking on variations throughout the world. For example, he is known as Sinterklaas in Holland, where my wife's parents are from. Germans, Swiss, and Dutch leave shoes and stockings outside the door, hoping for candy and treats from St. Nicholas. However, naughty boys and girls wake up to, you guessed it, to lumps of coal. Eventually, immigrants brought their tradition of St. Nicholas to America. Clement Clark Moore's 1820 poem, An Account of a Visit from St. Nicholas, forever changed the legend. The state became a heavy, jolly man who flies through the air with eight reindeer and slides down chimneys. Cartoonist Thomas Nast finished Santa Claus's transformation in 1881 with a red suit and white fur trim. 
Most legends stem from some degree of authenticity. Actual events are embellished and fantasized with variations in each story. Regardless, the most remarkable element remains a grain of truth that exists in the tale. St. Nicholas was an incredibly fateful, God-fearing man. He quite literally fought for the gospel. Even under torture and imprisonment, he refused to deny his Lord and Savior. He obeyed Christ's command to love his neighbor and use his good fortune to benefit the poor. His legacy remains a map for each new generation that constantly points to Jesus. So, as Pamela J. Adams puts it, Yes, America, there is a Santa Claus. He was an amazing follower of Christ. Therefore, don't get distracted by the modern understanding of the jolly old man who gives you presents on Christmas. Instead, focus on the bishop who risked his life and spent his family fortune professing and spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. That is the Santa Claus we should remember. That is the Santa Claus we should emulate. Dear listeners, I couldn't agree more. Well, that ends our history lesson. Once again, a very special thanks to Pamela J. Adams for allowing us to adapt her article for this show, Remember to check out her website, thefactspaper.com, that's T-H-E-F-A-C-T-S-P-A-P-E-R.com, thefactspaper.com. Stick around after the music if you're interested in my personal experience sharing this story with my four kids. Oh, come.
Hey guys, welcome back. I grew up in a home where we never, and I mean never, admitted that Santa Claus wasn't real. That was an idea that was to go unspoken. My mom especially loved Christmas and the traditions that go along with it. She was, and still is, the kind of person who wraps the presents fancy. She really goes all out, and that's great. I love it. It makes the occasion that much more fun than it already is. Also, I grew up in a home where we always recognized the true meaning of Christmas. That is to say, we celebrated the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. As the years go by, that is a part of Christmas that's becoming more and more meaningful to me. Jesus was born to the Virgin Mary. He came to live with us, Emmanuel. That's worth celebrating. I became a parent. Then, as my kids got a little older, my wife and I had a long discussion about what we should tell our kids about Christmas. I'm sure many of you have had these same kind of talks. We wanted to enjoy the festivity, yet we wanted to tell our kids the truth, and we didn't want to take away from the focus of our Savior and King on his big day. For my wife Joanna, Santa had never been that big of a deal. Remember I said her parents were from Holland? They grew up with Santa Claus. To them, Santa was an American thing. But even in my wife's eyes, my family's traditions seemed like a lot of fun. Aside from the part about waking up in the middle of the night, ringing sleigh bells, and opening presents one at a time into the wee hours, we pretty much scratched that from the get-go. Ultimately, we did the whole Santa Claus thing, just like our neighbors and friends, and when the inevitable question arose, is Santa Claus real? We agreed wholeheartedly that he was. Either that or we said it was up to them to decide, all the while implying he was real. However, a few times over the years, I had looked into the real St. Nicholas. What was he about? And last year, I found Pamela's article. After reading it, that settled it for me. This guy's story needed to be told. I mean, come on! That line he said to the widower when his gift-giving was discovered, don't thank me, thank God alone. The humility that demonstrates the acknowledgement that all our good gifts come from God, I love it! So, last Christmas, my wife and I set the kids down. Our kids were 10 years old, 11, 11, and our oldest was 12 at the time. We read them the article. All the while I was reading, I'd look up to watch their faces. Where's this going? Their questioning eyes demanded to know. They hung on every word, particularly my youngest daughter, who must have had the least doubts about Santa. How's this Nicholas guy turn into Santa Claus? Parents, put yourselves in their shoes. Santa is such a big deal. Christmas is like the greatest day ever. When the reading ended, they let out with exclamations of, I knew it and you lied to us. I was worried about that one. But my youngest, Malia, had the funniest reaction. With her face twisted in befuddlement, she asked, What about Buddy? Buddy was her elf on the shelf. I couldn't stop laughing. Yes, yeah, sweetie, Santa's made up, but Buddy is totally real. Yeah, in the end, she figured it out. Okay, one last thing I want to talk about is the you lied to us accusation. It's my strong conviction that parents should treat such claims respectfully, and indeed it was one of the reasons I wanted to go ahead and pull off the band-aid. 
Christmas is legitimately one of the best, if not the best day ever. As such, it's very important that my children trust what I tell them about it. So we were open and honest with them. We told them about how Christmas was celebrated in our homes as children. And we told them about the conflict we had early on about wanting to participate in the holiday traditions while also wanting to never diminish the true meaning of Christmas. In the end, it came to this, that in a way, Santa is real and that the idea of him motivates people all across the globe to give anonymously And that is a very powerful and rare event. I mean, consider it. People spend lots of money each and every year to give away things and receive none of the credit. How incredible is that? My one critique is that if Santa Claus was real, living in the North Pole with the elves, working tirelessly in their Winterland toy factory, I doubt he'd want the credit either. Instead, I think he'd puff on his corncob pipe and say, Don't thank me. Thank God alone. Amen to that. to Brian Wages and Kalani Gleckler for letting us use their music in this show. Their Christmas album, Glad Tidings and Great Joy, is available on iTunes, and each of them have solo albums. Brian's song, Galena, Sown in Tears, is used in our regular season shows. And speaking of that, if you're new here and you're interested in youthful fantasy stories, check out the Blue Deck Podcast. As of this recording, we're right at the end of Season 2. In each episode, we cover one chapter of my book, Into the Attic of the World. That book is also available on Amazon and wherever books are sold. If you're looking for something to stuff those stockings, something that costs less than a sack of gold check it out. It's about a group of kids on an adventure into mystery and danger set in the 90s, so really it's good for parents and young people. A link to our Amazon page is in the description. Thanks for tuning in. I hope it's been illuminating. Stay warm out there, and amidst all the hustle and bustle of the holiday season, take those precious moments to slow down and remember the bright hope that came into the world with the miraculous birth of Jesus Christ. I'm sure that's what St. Nicholas would have wanted.
Lord.